Welcome! Y saludos, amigos! A nuestra presentación, Revenge of the Pod. We are happy to welcome you guys today to our first filmed episode. Uh, please excuse me, I'm a little bit nervous, but <laughs> I'm your host, Luigi, and this is my co-host. Jason, glad to have you guys back for this very special episode. You guys get to see our faces. Hopefully it's uh it's not too um disappointing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> we lose our uh, tens and tens of listeners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but as you guys know, Revenge of the Pod is a pop culture pod primarily focused on movies and television. We do go over sports, we go over music, and of course some of the current events that are going on in the pop culture world. So let's get into it. Jason, how you been, man? What are what have you been up to? Oh, uh, not much, man. Uh, we saw, I saw a movie this weekend. Oh, Definitely we we'll talk about it. Oh, we, we will talk about it, my friend. Uh, not much. Went over to my parents' house to eat Bedia tacos. Um, uh, my mom has this uh, homemade recipe and they are fire, bro. I got to learn that recipe and I got to. I was about to gotta, say, you're going to give that away? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, of course, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to share recipes, uh, you know, bless everybody with, uh, the flavors and food. Uh, I'm not stingy. I'm not saying like, hey, it's a secret family recipe. I don't do that. I'm going to share it. You know? I'm not going to lie. I that. I'm like that with, you like that? With some. Like some that my mom gave me. She straight out told me, she's like, don't give these away. Okay? She's oh, all, okay. Yeah, you can give that away. People still can't make it like us. And I was like, that's cool. But there's one of a drink from Christmas that she makes. And she gave me the recipe. And me and Gabby make it, mostly Gabby, but I'm going to start trying to make it as well. <laughs> called Ponche. It's like Coquito, but there's way more stuff in it. Yeah, you, you made that uh, for that one time at the kids' uh, festival thing, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to have you kids time. drunk at that festival. That's crazy. Yeah. Really no did that. It was great. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I went home happy. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. For me this weekend, it was a pretty chill. Oh, went to the pool. We had a community pool, so that was cool. It was my first time going to the pool this summer, getting ready for summer. So that was cool. Um, that That's pretty much it, my friend. What about you? I got strep for the third time. Uh, still recovering from it, but we're not going to get Crazy. into that. Drinking a tea, you know, helping my throat out a little <laughs> bit. Been taking some medications. You know, living the dream. Living the dream. Other than that, man, gosh, it's been a minute, actually, because our last episode took so long for us to record. So we I were having some technical difficulties. That's yeah. an understatement, guys. We could not. We could not get all three of us in a recording together for a while. So, yeah, it was, um, it was long. Episode will be released pretty soon, too. It's not out yet. Uh, there's some editing to do because the technical difficulties but yeah hopefully we'll get uh that will kick off our summer movies and obviously the summer movies we've already been watching but uh as we mentioned in the previous uh episode uh there's a lot of summer movies that we're really excited about and we got to see one of them maybe maybe one of the best ones for the summer i don't know too early to tell but, uh, hey. like one of the best ones i've seen this year so like yeah we'll 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 definitely get into it <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be my new everything everywhere for this year i already feel it I'm uh screaming from the rooftops like guys y'all need to go see this movie 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Speaking of, uh, we we've been telling people this. Uh, so it's going to be Spider Man uh, Across the Universe Part One. Um, so hop in right into the trailers uh, because uh, they just announced when uh, Part Two uh, will be coming out. Uh, moving forward, guys, we're going to have some spoilers, obviously. So just keep in mind. But uh, obviously, they're the, they're going to do a Part Two. They already obviously you saw in the. Um, the posters and stuff that's going to be part one. So part two is set to release in March of 2024. Maybe push back. Is that, is that, is that too long? It's nah, not even nah. a year, but it feels long, right? Well, just because of the way the movie ended, but ah, dude, I like, Ugh! I was like Christmas release it on Christmas. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's how I felt, bro. <laughs> Same year. Remember when they did that with the matrix and uh, the last one sucked? Oh, the, uh, I never saw uh, Revolution. Never saw it. I didn't mind it, but everybody else hated it. So, did they tease like a second part for Revelations? Well, Reloaded came out that summer, and then Revelations came out in the fall. Oh, I thought you meant like the new, new one, Revo Revolutions. Oh, right? no, 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 no. Oh, I don't know what the last one is called. I just remember Reloaded. Revolutions, isn't it? The new one, sure. I don't know. I, well, I don't know either. Okay. Sorry, guys. We swear that we do this pod, and we know our pop culture. We swear we yeah. do. <laughs> no, Reloaded was cool, man. You didn't like Reloaded? I liked Reloaded, the third one, the third one, the one that I came out. I like that one too. I did too. Okay. Like everybody okay. hated it. Everyone shat on it. I was like, well, they beat the machines. Come on, guys. What have we we've been waiting for for a few? Yeah. Weeks? Well, did they beat them? Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Sure about that? They they mostly beat them. Anyway. <laughs> A uh, few bits of news before we get into more trailers, though. Uh, glad you mentioned when the next one's coming out. Uh, the Writers Guild strike is starting to affect a few more things. I wanted to add some notes in. We got some notes from our new and wonderful uh, endorsers, which are Room 303. We are part of the Room 303 network, guys. If I did not mention that, I apologize. Here we are. Yeah, so we're officially Revenge of the Pod Presented by Room 303. Shout out Jermaine. Shout out Nick. Shout out EPE. Uh, shout out um, Nevada Putman. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we did mention that in our last episode, but I just wanted to re remind our audience we will be uh, saying we are presented by. Uh, we got some notes <laughs> on our Writers Guild strike. So I did want to mention a lot of it has to do with that they are trying to replace some writers, not all, but some writers with AI, depending on what the job is. And obviously that's going to kill a lot of work. It's going to not really, it's not really going to work out for anybody who's trying to be a writer because it's going to lower pay, kill jobs. So I, I can see why they're against that uh, totally. Because we've got things like chat GPT that can make, I mean, yes, they can make things, but are they going to make them at the quality that a real person does? Possibly. Well, um, may I chime in here? Uh, musicians, uh, especially, uh, they've been making AI Drake and his music, if that sounds about pretty much the same, because obviously like they asked an AI, like, can you make a song like Drake would? And since Drake is pretty much the same in all his albums, he was able to make some fire music. Like, do we really need Drake anymore? Like, 
No, if you go in and do the same old routine, then AI can replace you. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I really hope that AI does not replace writers. That's kind of like a dream job for a lot of people. So that yeah, would be, that would yeah. be pretty depressing to see happen. But we'll see what but, happens. Hey, but hey, maybe it's a good thing because if uh, these writers are like, oh, I'm my job's, you know, I'm not replaceable, then write something that makes yourself not replaceable. Right. Because it's pretty tough to actually write something because it feels like there's I think there's something about like there's only 28 plots in stories that you can make. And like it's all kind of like the same, if I'm not mistaken. There, there's a number. But like if you look at back at every movie, every plot is pretty much the same. Like You can only follow 28 different plots, if I'm not mistaken. It could be a different number, but. I don't remember really the number, about it. I know I know where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah. I want to play devil's advocate a little bit here as well. Um, so let's say let's say that you're a writer and let me backtrack a little bit. Remember okay. the days before the internet when we only knew about certain shows, certain movies, certain artists. Right. The internet came out and all these people that have been making music for decades and even people who were trying to start making music for decades um, were just, you were just able to put it out. There's yes, you just out. put it out for free. And now we have yeah. access to all these different things. Now, mind you, that's hopefully never going to go away because that's the beauty of the internet, right? But in essence, that's what I feel like AI would be taking away from us is the idea that you're never going to know what that writer can do or if people are going to like it because it's such a subjective thing, right? So what what I, what I my worry is, how do we know? Are we going to put it back in the hands of executives like before the days of the internet for them to decide what is worth re, what is worth being made into a film or a book or a song or a show uh, through either going with the AI or the writer that's competing with them? Or are we going to be able to see uh, a little bit more diversity? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Oh, my God. I, I still, to this day, love the internet era for music purpose for purposes because you got to listen to I, Although, granted, anyone was able to put music out, like you said, like whenever they wanted, like for free, anywhere. You can go, you can go find it. And everyone had that access to do that. And we were able to find artists like that you know music that we like that we probably would never have heard of if we didn't have the internet mm -hmm. if you think about it, a lot of artists were soundcloud for for example like chance the rapper uh people like uh xx tentacion like we have never heard them if we didn't find that them in that platform where we just search for music uh you know back in the day you had to get noticed by a producer like well like one of those companies to be like oh yeah we like your sound we want to market you and all this stuff and like obviously you had to listen to the radio for your sound to be heard um yeah so I, I i still to this day i think uh when that started music just became a lot better and don't forget youtube man like youtube has made youtube as well like now there's influencers from tiktok youtube instagram they're making they're making their money just off doing that and I yeah. know musicians and writers and people of all kinds of different talents have used it. That's that's where my worry about AI comes in. I'm like, oh, are they going to start restricting those things and just start using AI? Uh, a little bit of that uh, paranoia in me. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. It's, it's very scary, uh, among other things, not just like entertainment purposes, but even other things too. So uh, it's it's very tricky. <laughs> I'll say that. All right, I'm going to move on to a couple of things that uh, affect our listeners. I, I I would think is there there have been pauses on tons of things. Like Last of Us season two is on pause right now. Um, pretty much any show you can think of is on pause right now. The Blade Runner series that's supposed to be coming out on Amazon Prime is on pause. The Thunderbolts movie for Marvel is on pause. Some movies that are supposed to come out at the end of this year are on pause because of this Writers Guild strike. So I'm hoping the writers get what they want, um, at least to an extent that's that's fair and gets them the, the fair wages that they get and aren't so competitive. Like, Apparently, they were using a lot of competitive uh, strategies to get writers to go cheaper through streamers. Like streamers would like auction off uh, what what to write about, and then they would just take take the person who was willing to take the least amount of money with their script. So that's probably not the best. Not the best. There should be a, a minimum that each writer gets paid. Uh, that would be that'd probably be a good thing to start with, but. That's that's all I am here for hearing from the Writers Guild uh, strike right now. Anything you want to add, Jason? Uh, no, I mean it's just very tricky. I, I would say, you know, um, obviously it's always about pay and stuff, and like they feel like they're being underpaid, and like they don't realize yeah. like how, yeah, they don't realize their worth, and you know, it's, unfortunately, it's going to affect a lot of the shows if they if some of the shows decide to move forward without the writers. You know, they always have to. Like, I know we talked about it. They always have to rewrite certain scripts while they're filming shows or movies or whatever it may be. Um, so I just hope they figure it out soon. Um, I feel like everyone's underpaid these days. So, yeah, if they can get their money, go for it. That's true. I, li I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, last bit of news that I've got is, so we've got a great chat that, that gives us some pretty good information and the next Silent Hill game, is that not actually going to be a game? It's going to be like a live event where uh, the audience gets to choose what happens, and it'll be a daily show. And it's the uh, Silent Hill Ascension. So you get to see what happens to these characters in a horror story from a video game franchise that you know. I think that's a, a great franchise to do it with. I really hope they bring back Pyramid Head, probably their best uh, villain. Although I will say I love Silent Hill. It is one of the most unnerving games to play to this day, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm definitely excited to see what they do with that. That's cool, man. I honestly, I probably maybe played like 10 minutes of the game when I was like my cousin's house because I never owned the game. <clears throat> and I think it came out on PlayStation first, right? Uh, yes, it was on PlayStation, yeah. the first one. And then the second one was on PS2 and PS3. Yeah. Uh, the third one was on PS2 and 3. The fourth one was on everything. Yeah, so... And then they just kept going. I played <laughs> I played three of them all the way through. Yeah, I think I think the reason why I didn't have the PS1, so when I had a PS2, I just didn't bother to play it. I don't know. I was more into, like, like uh, sports games and racing games when I was, when I was younger. Um, Miami Vice City. I just... Not like horror type uh, thriller uh, games. I didn't play too much. 
So all my cousins were into it, so it was inevitable for me to get into them. Yeah, I feel Although that. I didn't have I the that. balls to play that game until I was By like, yourself? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> until I was like, I think 12 or 13, I was like, all right, I can play this, I can play this. But before that, no, I remember my cousin had me play Resident Evil 2 at one point, and I was like eight or nine, and I was like freaking out on the controls. I was like, <laughs> some crows Dude. by me. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, what? One game that got me, uh, Fear. Yeah. Uh, that one was scary as fuck. That one like made me jump all the time. I was like, oh, shit. Um, great game, too. It was on Xbox. I think it won movie, uh, in the movie, uh, Game of the Year. Or, uh, it got, I don't know. It was, it was a really great game, though. So I, I, re- I recommend playing that if you uh, have a chance to. If you like the sign, it, it sounds very similar to those type of games. So if you like that, you would definitely love Fear. So. I have to check it out. Have you? So this is free to play on Xbox, uh, the Game Pass. Have you played this game called Outlast? No. Try it out. It's free to play. It's a quick download. I'm gonna be honest with you. I only got about 20 minutes in, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. Is it <laughs> scary like, or what? Well, here's the premise. Like you're a reporter that goes uh-huh. to this insane asylum that got taken over. Okay. And it gets taken over in the middle of while you're there. And they're hunting you down. And you don't have weapons for the entire game. If they find you, you have to hide somewhere. That's great. And then, like, it's just a bunch of psychos. Like, yeah. yeah uh, that's interesting. I got so anxious. I was like, I can't fucking play this anymore. <laughs> I can't fight them back. I can't do anything. I can't do this. I can't do yeah, this. Yeah, I'm looking to play a game where I can, like, escape that, you know, my anxiety and all that stuff. Like, I'm not trying to get more anxiety. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's not for you. It's not for you. I just wanted to see what you'd do, but uh, yeah, if you've already although, yeah, although Halo does give me anxiety sometimes, you know. I don't want to talk about Halo right now. Oh man, fucking game. Love hate relationship with that game. Definitely is, brother. Let's move on to our trailers because we've got quite a bit. You've already mentioned one. I'm gonna just mention one thing that I saw. I will say. Hopefully by the time you guys see this, uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts this Friday, uh, June 9th? Yeah, June 9th. Coming out this Friday. Hopefully you guys catch it. Uh, Anthony Ramos is in it. It's got all your favorite Transformers coming back. It looks like a good movie. You didn't watch Beast Wars growing up, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Cheetor was my favorite, dude. Cheetor? Yeah. I like the Optimus Prime's version, the gorilla. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot his name. <laughs> I'm sure my, my cousin will remind me once he sees this episode. Oh, so, oh my God, Luigi. Why do you can't remember? So it's this. embarrassing right now. So embarrassing, bro. Oh, um. <laughs> right. That's coming out. And speaking of cars and car movies, have you seen the trailer for Gran Turismo? It's coming out in August. It didn't say what date in the preview that I saw. So if there's a specific date, we can add that in. But have you seen that? I don't. I can't say I have. I, I can't remember. Maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, the group chat sent it to us, right? Oh, I saw it in the movie theater. Oh, okay, okay. So no. the premise is that there's this gamer, right, our main character, who wants to be a racer. But he can't really do it because, obviously, he's just a gamer. He doesn't have the means. He lives in a part of England that doesn't really, like, have a whole lot of different kinds of cars and racing. 
And Orlando Bloom's character is an investor who is trying to find the best drivers out of the gaming world. And so he enlists David Harbour to train these men, the top gamers, right? Top gamers from a competition in Gran Turismo uh, to see which ones will make it to become drivers. And this okay. guy is the only one that makes it. And he gets to actually race Formula One cars. So I, it sounded like a great um, a great storyline, a great plot line. It looks pretty fun. It looks like a lot of fun, man. I'm interested in watching it. Uh, I know that any car fan is going to drool over this movie. So, I mean, Gran Turismo is like known for its special effects in racing games, right? Really? So yeah. I guess my question would be, how are the special effects in this trailer that you saw? It all looks real, like real cars. They're all in real oh, okay. cars. Okay. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, none of it. I mean, I'm sure there's CGI in the crashes and some things like that, but it looks like they're actually on form Formula One tracks and everything. That's cool, man. Okay, cool. Uh, never played Gran Turismo, but I hear it's a fun game. So, yeah, I I definitely go see that. Comes out August, right? August, yeah. I don't know what nice. date. It didn't say it in the theater, so we'll have. To, I'll I'll come back to you guys on that one. Uh, it says August 11th. Wikipedia. Sorry, guys, if that's wrong. We'll see. August we'll 11th. see. August is fair enough to me. Um, a, a couple things that are uh, coming out, or just some news that has come out. Um, maybe not trailers, but uh, Hocus Pocus three. It's officially hey. it's got green lit. Um, hey. I'm not really excited for this, to be honest. Oh, uh, good. I, uh, although I enjoyed the second one, don't get me wrong, but I think it was like, ah, uh, we could stop there. You know what I mean? It was for the nostalgia that you liked it. Yes, correct. I don't know if I'd be the way it ended too. The second one I was like, oh, perfect. Don't need a second one. Do not bring the Sanderson sisters back. They're going to bring the Sanderson sisters back. I guess maybe a lot of people viewed it on the streaming uh, for Disney Plus. So, gotta keep making. I that was one money. of them. You know, what I'm saying it's all about money, and um, I, 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 it's going to be. So, like, for example, let's say streaming service didn't exist anymore, right? I think this movie, the third one that comes out, would be the ones that would just go straight to DVD. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean, the that, second one looked like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're you're, right, you're not sorry. wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It, it was oh, still fun. You're gonna fucking hate me for this. <laughs> it, sorry. Man. No. Okay. Look, man. It's it, the first one was the best, and uh, I don't think it did very well in theaters either. Like it, it became a cult classic. Um, and the second one was just like I enjoyed it. What I haven't watched it again. And, but you know what? Halloween's coming around the corner, so we might. But probably not. I'll probably watch the first one again. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I just, all my Hocus Pocus fans out there, how do we feel? How do we feel? Let me know because I'm not too excited about it. Um, talk to Gabby about it. She's a big fan. She's probably going to be like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and then hey, she's like, probably because you want to see it with her daughter. And she's going to be like, that's yeah. also true. Yeah, that's cool too. And she's of age too. So she might, she might be excited for her. So, oh, she loves, the first, okay. she loves both the first and the second one. Yeah, so hey, you know what? Maybe it's it's not for us. It's for the kids, okay? So, I mean, gotta... I say that all the time, and you still tell me no. <laughs> I guess. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Um, well, last bit of news that I have before we uh, hop into our TV land. Uh, so I don't know if we mentioned our podcast, but How to Train Your Dragon is getting a live action movie. Uh, did you ever watch How to Train Your Dragon, Luigi? Yeah, very good. All three of them. Loved it. Really fucking good movies. Really good, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, if you guys didn't know, they're making a live action uh, version of this, which is, uh, I mean, it's a little scary, right? Live action rendition renditions. Um, you know, they're Little Mermaid did awesome, right? So uh, it, it's, it's, it's it's up or down. Um, but they did cast Hiccup, the main character, and his love interest, Astrid. And it's going to be none other than, uh, so Hiccup is going to be played by Mason Thames. Uh, if you guys don't know who, if you guys don't know that name, like I didn't, I had to look him up. He's actually the kid that played uh, the main character in Black Phone. The Black Phone. He's the one that got oh, abducted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to play Hiccup. And then uh, the girl that plays Astrid, the, the love interest, is going to be played by Nico Parker. And I also, I didn't was not too familiar with that name, but she plays Joelle's daughter in The Last of Us, the, the TV show. That's right. Yeah, the That's the right. one that, uh, uh, spoiler alert, died. Um, but yeah, she's going to play Astrid. So they they casted them. As, that's that's who's going to play those characters. And good casting because they're they're young kids, right? They're they're in their teens, ready to take on how to kill dragons, right? So. Uh, that that's pretty cool. I, I'm kind of curious to see who's gonna play the the father figure. Uh, so that that's very interesting because he plays a very important part in the first movie. Um, to see how they bond with the, the father and Hiccup. So we'll see. Wouldn't it be cool if they still did Gerard Butler? I mean, he's older now, so he could still do it. He could. He he, he could. Um, Jonah Hill's character. He voiced one of the characters, like the bully one. Obviously, wow. Jonah Hill's a, a little older, so he can't oh, play a teenager, yeah. but. Yeah, but I hope they get someone comedic to play those. Uh, obviously, the the uh, the ensemble or like the supporting cast. I hope they get like some comedians because you need you need some uh, comedic relief in that movie for sure. So, uh, just a note on Nico Parker, she's she also is the daughter of Thandie Newton. If you guys have watched Westworld, she is the robot that gains like full consciousness and like what? is control other robots. If you guys have seen that, that's her mom. They look fucking like identical. It's crazy. I just wanted to throw that in there because it still shocks me how much alike they look. Oh, that's the mom. Okay, so I've only seen season one of Westworld. Is she the one that gets shot in the belly, too. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the first one, yeah, yeah, and she starts. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, such a great show. I heard it kind of fell off after a certain season. Two. Season two, they still had me, and then, and then Gabby didn't want to watch season three. I tried to keep going, but it just gets so convoluted. But you're mm. like, this is this is an effort to watch. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, oh, the first one, the first season was so good. It was so yeah. good. I thought it was going to be their next Game of Thrones. I really did. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's, uh, that's Nico Parker's mom right there. Wow, that's crazy. I, I love her too, man. She's she's a great actress. Yeah, she's she's really good. I hope to see her in more things as well. Uh, is that your own? Is that your last trailer? That was it, man. Let's get into some some TV land and then uh, our final feature presentation. We'll keep it nice TV and short today. Land. All right, TV land. Jason, let's let our audience know where we are on the show that everyone's talking about, even though it just ended. Succession. 
we're catching up, guys. So this is a late hot take, but we at least want to uh, take you on to our journey. Um, to all the new listeners out there, we have late hot takes of stuff that we haven't seen because, come on, let's be real, guys. We can't watch everything, you know. Uh, we're, we're sports fans. We have jobs. We have lives uh, that we, we tend to. Um, and uh, we just want to give you our first reactions of where we're at. So, uh, so we are in season three, just finished episode four, both of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I still feel the same way as I feel about uh, the characters. So good for you. I hate them all. You hate them all. I, I love Greg, dude. I, I can't help but like Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, He's like Greg's the cool, one man. character that I'm like, I do like you. I you're as shitty as the rest of them. Like, if you give him a chance, he will be just like them. But he yeah, has somewhat of a moral compass. Can I say this? Um, for the for the hopefully we get some YouTube watchers. You kind of look like the Puerto Rican Kendall Roy right now with that lighting. I'll say that. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing. No. <laughs> I think it's a bad thing. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I I think Kendall Roy is an unattractive man, but. Oh, hopefully a good looking Puerto Rican Kendall. <laughs> um, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say Greg is he's just likable, man. That's the only thing that that keeps me with him. It's not that I think he's a great guy. It's just he's really likable. He's such a he's still got manners. He's not trying to be as pushy as everybody else. And I respect and really like Logan as well because he's just he you get what you see with logan as much as like he plays the game you do get what you see with him more than anybody else yes but also his kids wouldn't have been the way they are if he had been a wasn't president. the way he was yeah exactly yeah oh yeah trust me i don't like logan as a man he also yeah. probably knew a whole lot about what was happening on those cruises oh for sure dude it just, um, I, I don't know. And I, I just feel for Kendall personally, just because, uh, I mean, the way it ended in the second season, right? Like his, his dad was like, it was like, would it have ever been me? Would you have ever let me be CEO? And he's like, no. He's like, and he's like, why? He's like, because you're just not a killer. You're not. That was rough. You're not it. And what did Kendall do at the very end of season two? He became a killer, dude. It might have overwhelmed him, though, as you can see it in season three. It's kind of overwhelming him. Like, am I really this person? Am I a killer? Maybe I'm not. Um, but you kind of see it through him. You kind of feel for him. Although everything what happened with season one, you know, where he got in that accident, where that person passed away, like. And he let him fucking drown? Let him. He, he tried saving him. He tried saving him, dude. He tried saving him. He came up out the water and just And then he went back down. No, he went back Bro. down to try and then he couldn't breathe and he went back up. Okay. You tell me if you ever if something happens where you're trying, you're running out of breath, what do you your The guy had unclipped like, his own seatbelt. All he would have had to do was fucking get through the side that he, he was, came out of. He was trying to go down to save him, dude. It was just too deep. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not I don't really know. I think you're just an apologist for that for I don't, I don't know. know. I was the I don't I was know. Like, Fuck Kendall, dude. What a fucking coward. Really? Okay. <laughs> this is me. This okay. is me. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, I, I absolutely hate shit. I love uh, Tom and Greg's relationship, though. So Their relationship so, is fun. I don't like Tom. It's hilarious. But it is fun. Um, I feel sorry for Tom. 
Yes, I do also feel sorry for Tom. Just like because he his own grave, man. He really just put himself in all of that. He put himself in that situation because he wanted to be just like them, like more than anybody else. He wanted to be just like that family. They want to be accepted by that family. That's why I'm like, you did do this all to yourself. I, I agree. And uh, I just absolutely hate Shiv, dude. Like, she's just so power hungry. Like, it just, it's ridiculous, dude. And like, she's just the way like she a, treats Tom and stuff. Like, it's not, it's not cool, man. She's like a, a perfect example of why people don't like politicians. Right? She's yeah. Much like a politician. So two-faced. Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, Roman is a spineless, spineless little man. <laughs> um, definitely spineless, and he. Uh, it, it's crazy uh, when you when you think about like how he was like ah, I was bullied as a kid. Like they 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 made me, they treated me like a dog, and they put me in a kennel and like chained me up and treated me like a dog, and like I was bullied and blah blah. And like everyone's like. No, no, no. Like you wanted us to do that. Like you enjoyed that. <laughs> and it kind of makes sense now like, as further along you go through the, 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 the season, he likes being like. Treated badly. Yeah, treated badly. Like that gets him off. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah with, with his let, with his uh, relationship with uh, Jerry, which is, I like. I think that's a very odd relationship too, but it's, it's very fun. It's very entertaining. Jerry's uh, trying to avoid it as much as possible. But she, she kind of likes it too. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. She does like the attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Good show. I will say that it's just, it depresses me watching it. So it's hard for me to binge it because I'm just like, the world is terrible. Every time I watch that show. <laughs> well, yeah. It also makes me think of like how companies really are. Cause like, if you think about it, right. Uh, CNN is, is definitely owned by like a big corporation. And uh, Fox News as well is owned by like a very big corporation. And like you kind of wonder, like, does that main person that owns them, owns a lot of their shares, do they kind of steer them to say certain things? Right. I don't know. Um, I would I would say that to an extent, they they ask them to cover certain things, probably. But I mean, we, they they most likely just go with whatever the ratings are. And right. people like to get mad at bullshit. And so that's that's exactly what uh, the show like emphasizes yeah. whenever we're talking about the, the channel that they've got. Yeah, ATN. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, dude. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, in the end, um, obviously, we're in season three, episode four. There's obviously uh, the seasons four ended and that's the final season and they said it was going to come to a close. So in your honest opinion, who do you think ends up succeeding or what do you think happens at the end of season four? And we're going to put in our guests right now. We're going to be completely wrong, most likely. But what do you think? What do you want to happen? I don't know. What would be your guess? I think Logan sells the company. You think Logan sells the company? Just full on okay. sells it. Nobody gets it. Kids. Doesn't leave any money towards the kids. Yeah. That's, okay. I mean, I don't know. That's I would like that. Yes, but. Like, fuck you guys. You're all on your own. Okay. It's like you, like none of you have ever shown that you can really do this correctly. You've stepped on each other and on me. And none of you can actually hold down the business the way I have. And then he dies. I like that. 
I like that. So he, it's going to end like um, he's 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 going to die, and he's like, you know what? We tore each other apart as a family, and it, like he's realizing it because it is in his deathbed. I don't I don't know, maybe something like that. And he's like, nah, we we tore each other apart for business and power. Fuck you guys, I'm selling it. Oh, you're so sweet. I was thinking more. He just wanted the fucking money. He wasn't gonna fucking deal with that. Oh, man. okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. see well, him a sentimental type. Remember that episode? Um, go to his when they had him tour his like childhood home, and he was like, "I don't want to get off." Yeah, it's there. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's so fucked up, right? I would say, as much as I hate to say it, Shiv. I think Shiv takes it. She makes the most sense. Her or Kendall, it doesn't really make sense for it's anybody Kendall. else. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would really like maybe Jerry to take over and keep being CEO, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I don't know, man. It's very uh, it's very tough. We'll see how we feel at the end of season three. We'll see our thoughts at the end of season three, right? We'll get I guess. a lot more uh, insight. <laughs> and then season four will tell us everything we need to know. But all right, guys, yeah, we'll move on because we know we're behind, so we're not going to stick to – to succession too long we're going to get into our main event our feature presentation of the evening across the spider-verse spider-man across the spider-verse jason initial thoughts you know what man i've been thinking about this since i saw it yesterday i saw it on sunday maybe recency bias i don't know I don't know, but it might be the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Oh, it's the best Spider-Man movie I have ever seen. <laughs> okay, so you Spider-Man. feel the same way. Like, I was blown away after I watched it, and I was like, I want to see it again. I want to see it again right now. I, Dude. I loved it, guys. I, I can already tell you what my rating for it is. It's oh, really? too high, but I'm giving it a 9.3. <laughs> like, that movie is almost perfect to me. I don't know. Maybe higher. I don't. I, I have no complaints about the film. To be honest with you, dude, nine point two for me. Um, I will say this: I'm not. I'm not knocking a Spider-Man at all. But <clears throat> if you guys live in Arizona, uh, we live in the Mesa area. We. It's right down the street from our house. It's this place is called Fat Cats. It's like, it's like Dave and Buster's kind of. Like it has a bowling alley inside. There's a bar. Uh, you can play like games like Dave and Buster's. Very small, uh, and there's a movie theater. And um, my one complaint will be, I don't know if it's the movie theater or the movie itself, but the sound was kind of bad because at first the movie started and a scene with Gwen, right, where the drums are kicking, right? The music seems like legit, but the sound only came like it was coming from the front of the the screen and no surround sound. So uh, Jamie and I were like, like is there something? Dude, it sounds like the theater. Yeah. So I, I, I went outside. And I, I told someone, I was like, hey, I don't know if uh, it's still like in preview mode because you know, like how the previews are like a, a little bit lower in volume. And I was like, I think there's no surround sound. And I told them, like, okay, they're, they're going to check on it. And I guess I wasn't the only one because after after a while, we still couldn't hear anything. So Jamie went a little, a little later and then she came back and was like, they yelled at me. He's like, I don't know. It's just the movie. It's blah, blah, blah. Um, but I guess other people complained too about the sound, dude. So. I don't know. I think it's just a movie theater. So if you guys go to Fat Cats to watch movie theater in Mesa, I would maybe, I don't know, if you, if you want to go somewhere where, like, the sound, like, if you know it's, like, an action movie, like, maybe go there if, like, it doesn't require the sound too much. So I, I don't know. That was my only knock about it. But everything else, dude, 
I was still, I was still blown away, dude. I was the animation by far. Like I thought the animation was great in the first one, and I didn't think they could surpass that. And boy, was I wrong because they did. The animation itself was just amazing, dude. The villains, like the vulture in the first one, like how it just looked like you know, like Renaissance type uh, artwork was just fucking amazing. But then you go into all these different worlds, it was just fucking, ah, just fucking blew my mind, dude. I liked the Vulture artwork specifically because uh, it looked like a Da Vinci, a Da Vinci, like a sketch. Yeah, right. And like with his uh, accent, right? It was like, oh, okay, he's from Italy. He uh, a little bit Italy, right? Uh, or at least you feel that vibe, right? Because it's different dimensions. So it's not always based in New York, right? It could be based off of somewhere else. And like that artwork just fits it perfect uh, with the like old school like vulture wings and stuff it just looks so cool man i fucking love it what a way to fucking uh get us into this and then, like it's following gwen at first and we're like oh this is awesome and, and then gwen's world too is also amazing like it changes colors in the background and stuff like that oh dude like i i there were so many still shots where i'm like that's a poster that's gonna be in my wall but the whole my whole my whole room's gonna be filled with still shots of this movie like that's how amazing it was as far as visual visuals go uh for, for me so I, i'm gonna apologize if you guys can hear the sound in the background i apologize <laughs> for that um just try to ignore that <laughs> what it's i will not bad. Say, okay <laughs> what i will say is that for spider gwen i know for a fact because i've seen the comics some of her early comics the originals like when her first run came out look that way like they have the same color palettes and it's amazing that they use the same style for her character. So I thought that was just a stroke of genius. And I'm so sorry about the sound, man, because I'm going to be honest with you. The sound plays a huge part of the movie. So I, I'm very sorry that you guys had to watch it like that because the sound was chef's fucking kiss. Like the soundtrack was amazing. The oh. music was amazing. They used sound so perfectly in the film that I feel bad that you did not get the same experience with that. Um, the, the sound was, was, was good. Like I could hear, we could hear it. It just it felt like I needed the surround sound just a little bit louder. Like I could still hear the music. I could hear the drum sequence. Like all that was amazing. The background music was awesome. I, the, the selection and the production uh, of the sound, obviously the music part of, of, of this movie was amazing. Uh, there's a soundtrack already out now, guys, available on Spotify, I guess, Apple Music as well. Uh, mostly produced by Metro Boomin. Uh, Metro Boomin wants some mo, right? Uh, he's a he's a rap producer for you guys who, who don't know who he is. Um, but uh, they have a lot of people come in, like, uh, I think Post Malone's in one of them. I, I could be wrong. Uh, Future's in one of them. That was the first one. But, that yes, was the first one. Sway Lee's in there, back again. Um but yeah, dude, it was just absolutely amazing, and I'm glad a, a lot of these artists like hopped in to like be a part of this uh, because Duckworth it was absolutely amazing soundtrack. Duckworth as well. Duckworth was back for it, I think, as well. Uh, Coily Roy, uh, she's a rapper, but like I think she sounded perfect. It was like one of the earlier songs too. You could hear her voice in the background, and it, dude, it was just money, money. Personal favorite for me was uh, Hummingbird featuring James Blake. I've watched James Blake live fucking amazing hearing this song i want to see him again so i can hear him play this yeah. fucking song 
Yeah, dude, it was absolutely amazing. It's probably one of my favorite soundtracks behind the Black Panther, the first Black Panther. You the know, one with Kendrick. Yes, dude. Like yeah. it was that good. Yeah. Music probably um, inspired by that. that was that was a great soundtrack. Yeah, it it hits fairly close. Uh, I think it it's probably just about as good as the first one. There's just a couple songs on this one that are probably slightly better. Whereas a couple songs on the other one kind of even it out for me personally. But yeah, it's it's a great soundtrack. I thought the go ahead. Oh, sorry. I would say for playback purposes, I think the first one, I wouldn't I'm not saying the first soundtrack is better, but the very first, like one of the most famous songs, and I still think I don't think anything can beat this one, and it's Sunflower with uh, Post Malone and Sway Lee. That one's kind of hard to beat, man. Like that one, that song was like stupid popular. People go crazy for that. That's why I'm like, I still listen to that. Bird is not that popular yet. Yeah, I heard that song and I have not been able to stop listening to it like on a daily basis. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure uh, these songs will pop up. I think the song of the year for this year, though, it's going to be Peaches. Peaches, 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 peaches. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Jack Black, he eats up scenery, man. Oh, we needed him in the Spider-Man movie, too. Shit, there was enough room for him. I mean, with all the fucking Easter eggs that they had, dude, I still can't, like, I'm sure there's, uh, I saw a TikTok where like, there's so many, like, you, you won't guess all of them, but, like, uh, definitely some amazing Easter eggs that we saw, which was, I was just like, ah, oh, dude, I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio the whole movie. Mm, you know? I, I did it. Spider car, which was a toy that came out. The spider car? Yeah, that shit was crazy. Like, oh my God, they're digging deep. I don't know if you noticed it, because you're a 90s kid like me. There was a virgin, version of Spider Man next to 2099 that was like, that had a cape that was made out of webs. Yes. Spider-Man Unlimited. You remember yes. that? Yes. Yeah, I saw Spider-Man Unlimited on that one. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. I saw a ton. I was like, oh, my God. That's my childhood. I saw that. <laughs> Dude, my that. uh, my favorite uh, uh Easter egg uh, would have to be with uh, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, as Uncle Aaron. But, you know, for people, I had to explain to Jamie. is like, do you remember the first Tom Holland movie where, you know, uh, what's it called? It's not far from home. It's not. Homecoming. Homecoming. Um, Childish Gambino plays that one villain as Aaron. And it didn't say it, but it insinuated because like all these rumors that uh, they wanted Miles Morales to be, they wanted Donald Glover to be Miles Morales when he was young. They're like, we need need Spider-Man, but we want Childish Gambino to be uh, Miles Morales. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, people were pushing for him to be Miles Morales. Well, good so, news, but, my friend. They're talking about a Miles Morales movie, live action again, and a Spider Gwen movie. Well, yes, but when they were talking about it at that time, Childish Gambino looked young enough to play Miles Morales. But you know, I, you know, obviously things happened, and you know, years later, they are like, "Hey, you know what? He, he's a little too older now, so we're gonna play him as Aaron." Which you know, obviously, if you read the comics or you know how Miles Morales' story. He's the one that ends up being the Prowler, as we found out in the first movie. Uh, so I thought that was really fun. And, like, they captured him as Aaron, Uncle Aaron, in another universe. And, and you, you could see him, like, in his shoulder, chest up, in a Prowler costume. 
Like I thought that was awesome. Like I thought I was like, wow, what what a what a homage to the fans out there that like wanted were pushing for him to be the next Miles Morales back in the day, years, years ago. So I thought that was fucking awesome, in my opinion. I mean, I thought it was impressive in general. They brought in a lot of live action footage and they even mentioned the Toby Maguire with Doctor Strange when Miguel O'Hara is saying, don't even get me started with what Doctor Strange did with Spider-Man. With, with that other one guy in that other universe and planet, uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, ah, yeah, that, that was awesome, too. I was like, oh, shit. Like, um, yeah, yeah, and they bring really him back week. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. That's awesome. Uh, they brought back the 90s uh, Spider-Man that we grew up with. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a, there's a scene where Miles Morales is, like, running away from um, Miguel, right? That's his name. And um, there's like, they're like showing videos of like uh, villains uh, from a different universe, but it was like all the villains from the 92 series, um, the original Doc Ock, the original Rhino. Yes, dude. Like he, cause he's like, it, it's super quick. And I'm like, oh shit. That's those, that's all the 92 uh, versions of the villains. Uh, like the, the original Doc Ock where he had like the, the yellow shoulders, the green chest, right? Like those villains, they I showed all toy. those. I had that toy. Yeah. Dude, they showed all those villains. Like he's just running quick, and, like it's it's split second, but you could see it, dude. It was, I fucking, I was like, Ugh. I was like, Ugh. you know, that's how I felt. <laughs> well, that's that's accurate, man. I the whole time, and when they had Scarlet Spider Man come out and make fun of the '90s version of himself, I loved it, dude. Oh like, yes, yeah. Exactly Where he's like so deep and like dark and stuff and like depressing. Oh, I'm sitting here. With Laying on the ground, what thinking about how terrible my life is gone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do we it's need like, that? Don't bother party. trying to get out. I've got you in my perfectly chiseled fucking arm. I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was well done, man. And the story, like the story itself with Miles and his parents, because to me that's what, what the central story was, right? Like, mm-hmm. is he gonna tell his parents that he's Spider-Man? Does he trust them enough? to tell them what's really going on because he's clearly hiding something. And that that storyline hits deep throughout the entire story because you see the connection, especially when his mom is talking to him about how no matter where he goes, no matter what he does or who he's with, that he remembers that he belongs and that there's people that love him. Ah, oh, bro, that hit me on all cylinders. I was like, I don't know who can crank. Yeah, this movie was definitely had like a lot of emotional moments. Um, where you're just like, you know, you're having fun and then you're just like, oh, where'd that come from? It's like, it hit me really deep. And um, I think it, I think it was, I think it was right, dude. Like I, I like those emotional moments. I think that's what you want in movies, especially in ones that are supposed to be really fun because you, you know, you're having fun. You're having all this, you're having a great time. And all of a sudden, boom, they hit you with something emotional. You're like, why am I crying right now? What, what's going on? Um, <laughs> why am I crying? What? What's on my face? Yeah, but you want to be emotionally attached to these characters. And I think Spider-Man, and I think that's why we love Batman so much. Oh, you know, like why some of these superheroes, we love them more than others because there's emotional attachment to it. You see what they're going through and you can see their their emotion. And Spider-Man, I think, plays it the best. Their struggle is relatable. Right? Yeah. That's what made Spider-Man so big when he came out. Before him, superheroes didn't have issues. Yeah, they were cool. They were they were trying to fucking make it, you know? Yeah. That was that was what was groundbreaking about him. Like he he wasn't rich. He didn't have these powers that could save him from everything. You know, he wasn't loved by the public. 
And that's what made Spider-Man so interesting to so many readers, especially at that time, right? Uh, he was an outcast, and people who read comics at the time were outcasts. And it was just a match made in heaven. And from there, he blew up. Kids relate to Spider-Man. They think he's cool. They know he's a young guy. They know he makes mistakes, but he always tries to do the right thing. I mean, the character is primed. I know I'm biased, but the character is primed for being uh, one of the best heroes in film. Oh, I, I have to agree. He's my second favorite behind Batman. So, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Batman's my number two, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? They, you know, that's okay. As long as that's one and two for me. It doesn't like matter which one. I feel like if Christopher Nolan had made Spider-Man instead, everybody would like Spider-Man more. So I just I'm I don't like, know if I could see a Christopher Nolan Spider-Man. I think it would it would be nah, different. I, I can't see he, that. He doesn't do comedy. I, I, I can't see that. <laughs> but that's, very that's why I like that. know that everybody loves Batman so much. I'm like, God damn it, Nolan. What uh, I mean, I just grew up loving Batman, so but Nolan definitely uh was like yes fucking some of the best superhero movies here but man man oh man are these movies fucking amazing dude yeah um, I, mean, I would say if this trilogy ends the way it should it could be one of the best superhero trilogies of all time live action or not it won't matter that's how good this film was i mean we follow miles from the beginning when he's like he's gotten a hold of who he is right he runs into the spot Played by Jason Schwartzman, by the way. Um, and at first, he doesn't take him seriously. Schwartzman, the whole time, is just like, hey, I'm your arch nemesis, motherfucker. Like, listen to I'm me. Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. and I remember, uh, they played that so well. Yeah. I remember seeing the spot in, I think it was the first episode of the 90s cartoon. I remember watching them fight, and, and the spot was one of his, I think it was one of his first villains. And uh, who was his first on the episode? It was the lizard. The lizard? It was mm -hmm. Dr. Connors. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And so I remember the episode as a kid, and I was like, holy shit, they're bringing the spot back? Okay, cool. Deep cuts, deep cuts. And they made the spot. Even the spot looks artistic. Jesus Christ. Moving art in this fucking movie, including the villain, including all the characters. But you watch him, and over time, you see what the spot's really going to do and how he figures out how to use his powers. And, and you what can be really capable of, yeah. Yeah, you see Spider-Man, Miles, in this case, uh, end up having to deal with other things while he's not really paying attention to what happened to the spot. And those other things are his, you know, his crush on Gwen. Uh, his Miles Morales life, not his Spider-Man life. Yes, uh, his crush on Gwen, his inability to communicate well with his parents, which if you were a teenage boy, you know how that goes. I'm sure teenage girls too. It's it's difficult. You don't know how to express yourself and you're not really sure what those emotions are. So it plays out pretty perfectly in the film. Um, I just, I adore his parents in that movie though. Like, even oh, they're so the great. Mistakes, you're like, God. He needs to tell them now. Like, he needs to tell them now. They love him like no other. And so I just, I, I, I really enjoyed all the dynamics that they had. I was a little disappointed that Oscar Isaac's Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, never really gets a redemption. He's, he 
you just kind of end the movie with thinking like, oh, he's an asshole. Because Spider-Man 2099 isn't just an asshole. But but I guess, I guess you did need a bit of an antagonist in this movie up until I, the end. I think he'll uh, redeem himself in the second one. I think so. I think too. he's going to realize it. Yeah, but yeah, like, fuck. Like, you hated that motherfucker. Yeah, I really like yeah. Spider-Man 2099. I think the design is cool. I think the idea is cool. Uh, I remember playing as him in one of the video games of Spider-Man that came out. I think it was PS2. Uh, but I'm not going to get too into it. It's about dimensional rifts as well. <laughs> and, and 2099 helps Spider-Man figure all this shit out. But that being said, I'm going to go into some of the Easter eggs. First off, you get to see the video game Spider-Man from the Insomniac games that are very popular. You get to see Genki, his his friend, his dorm mate, playing the newest version of Spider-Man with the newest uh, stuff that's on his suit, which are the claws that come out just like in the Iron Spider-Man costume. Oh, that's dude, I didn't see that part. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I like... I missed it. Lincoln, you missed it, man. Oh, man. They had tons and tons. I do have questions about the end when Gwen gets that team together so quickly, um, how'd she do it? And are they just going to start checking every universe? That, that, that is my question. No, um, my question is like not how she got that team so quickly because uh, Cyber, uh, no, Spider-Punk gave her that so she can go to other dimensions. So she went to go get them. But my question is, if you go into another dimension, you're going, you're going to be glitching, right? So is all the friends that she got, are they glitching too, or did she give them like a little wrist dimension thing? I guess I'm being nitpicky because she got them all so quickly. I'm up. You got like a whole crew in a minute. It's, it's pretty easy to go to a different dimension if you have that machine. So I know, but I would imagine it would take longer than a minute. I mean, in Time the movie, it looked like a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time works differently. But in the movie, like maybe it didn't take her a minute. Maybe she was just like, hey, I need your help kind of thing. And like it maybe took a few minutes. I don't. I have no fucking idea. I, um, I do love that she went and talked to his parents. Like, hey, I'm gonna find him to show, yeah. like, hey, I care about your son. Because she heard them talking about her. That must be rough, right? Like, hearing, yeah, but also, like, you know, they weren't really saying anything bad about her. They're like, no, but like at the same yeah. time, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't really know how to act around you. Then you know, I, I mean, I get the awkwardness for sure. I do. Uh, some of the worlds that that we saw, uh, I, I know you talked about some Easter eggs, but uh, we get to see a Lego world, uh, Lego, yeah, yeah, Lego world, yeah, uh, with Spider Man. And uh, I didn't know this until obviously after the movie because uh, you shared it on your notes too. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you put that because uh, I definitely wanted to talk about this. Uh, so it turns out uh, there's this one scene where obviously they're going to different worlds, different dimensions. The spots obviously going to different Spider Man worlds. And there's obviously one of the Lego world, which is very like, like the Lego movie. It's like that type of animation. Uh, turns out Marvel, that the Lego Marvel, like made for home video movies are pretty popular too. Yeah. So it, it turns out that um, instead of going to the producers <clears throat> that made the Lego movie to make this, this part of the movie, uh, they went to this famous, not famous YouTuber, but like he's known for making Lego shorts and stuff like that. He's pretty um, famous. They got him yeah. because he did an entire redo of the uh, of the trailer. His trailer. Yeah. So they asked this fourteen. They hired, not asked them. Sorry, they hired him. I'm sure they paid him 
to do this portion of the movie of the Lego world, which was fucking awesome and hilarious too. You're just like, oh, Lego. <laughs> like it's just, it was just so cool. And you get to see the Spider-Man Lego version of it. Like it's just so, and he's just, they're smaller. And uh, I love how Miguel is like, you're one of my best. <laughs> I know, right? And you're like, oh, this Lego guy? You know, it's just it's so Lego funny. Spider-Man. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cool. Um, yeah, 14 year old. What's his name on YouTube so we can give him a shout out on the pod? Uh, oh, I don't know, but underscore the OG. That's his name. 14 yeah. years old, and he helped make a Spider Man movie. So that's doing this animation, uh, you know, that's awesome, man. Kids these days and now, and what they're able to do with technology, it's amazing. Uh, you know how long it took us to figure this out? We had to do like an hour uh, training video with. Um, Jermaine to, uh, to help us out with this. Uh, so it wasn't that long, guys. Don't worry about it. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. <laughs> uh, what I will say, guys, the biggest thing I want you guys to know going into this movie is you are literally about to walk into a art museum of pictures. I, I, I cannot get over how many artistic styles you you see in that film. And they blend so well. Like you think the first one looks beautiful? Strap in. I was Strap in. blown away, dude. Yeah, well put, my friend. Well put. Um, color palettes are fucking amazing. Those still shots, man. Any, any, you screenshot that movie, and anything can be a poster. Um, let yo huge shout out to uh, Spider Punk, man. Hobby or Hobie? Hobie. The, 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 yeah, Obi the 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 English Daniel version. Daniel character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yo, man. Yo, his animation was awesome too, bro. And like his character was pretty cool. And you can already tell he was like, he was kind of saying like, "Fuck the patriarchy." Like he didn't like this spider world. And you're like, I felt that. All right, like I saw, I was like, he's gonna help in some way. How? Even though Miles Morales is kind of jealous of him because he was because Gwen was staying with him, right? Like, oh yeah, she sleeps on my couch. You left your sweater over here, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Miles Morales is like, oh, I hate that you're so cool. <laughs> we, we've all been there, right? You're like, there's this guy that maybe there's she's friends with him. Movie. You don't, yeah, a little. They're a little you're too like, close. He's too fucking cool, man. Like, why, is, why is he so cool? Yeah, <laughs> I would get why she likes him, but I'm not gonna say that. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh man, no, he was pretty great, and his style kind of reminds you of like uh, the Sex Pistols lettering, like all the. It's almost like newspaper lettering. Yeah, and, straight, and all of yeah. his movements just look like animations of that. It's really good considering that he's supposed Amazing. to be a punk. You know, it, it yeah. makes sense. Uh, it was well done. It was very well done. I'm, you know, I'm not going to harp too much more on that. I will say, guys, go check it out. $120.5 million opening this weekend. So it has tripled or more than tripled uh what the original made in its first run i think this movie is going to be huge that was in the u.s too right uh because i saw globally it made 209 i think yeah i don't i don't know the global first weekend yeah um but yeah like you said it it tripled their like what it the first one made and i I don't think people were quite ready for the first one i mean i knew we were excited i remember when that that first came out we're like yo this looks dope loved it but I think, like, after, like, you know, streaming services and all that stuff, like, when people were able to watch it, I don't think they were expecting it to be, like, this. I think they were expecting it to be less, and they're, like, they were just blown away. So the second uh, the second part to this sequel, right, 
I'm saying it right. I think it's yeah, it's just gonna just be a, a phenomenon. I um, I will say this already. I'm I am cementing this. Um, uh, you said nine point three. I'm giving it a nine point two. Also, uh, just it's gonna win best animated picture for the Oscars next year. Um, it's gonna win. I don't um, think I don't think anyone else is gonna beat it. No, Sorry. I'm it's almost like art house meets big franchise. Like the, there's, yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to get beat. Yeah. If they do, that's a robbery. That's a fucking highway robbery right there. dude. Yeah. Like something else like animation wise has to blow my mind because like the way all the different animations that they put in this, like, are you, are you kidding me? dude? Fucking. And then the whole cold open explaining spider Gwen with its own animation style. You're like, God damn, that was a cold open. Okay. Dude, ah, dude, that, that drum scene. I wish, I need to go to another theater and just watch that beginning drum sequence because I would like I was like, whoa, this is this is yeah, this is cool. This is dope. Um it's pretty dope. And I mean her her emotional arc, like explaining how her Peter dies, Jesus Christ, fucking oh yeah, how he turned into he was the lizard, how he became the lizard. That is crazy. Um uh I feel like we have to talk about the end too, uh yes. since we're giving a review. Obviously, um it, it turns out that obviously we, we knew this. Um, Spider Man, uh, Miles Morales got bit by a radioactive spider. But if you remember what? in the first, yeah. <laughs> if you remember in the first movie, after after uh, Miles gets bit, you see that that spider starts glitching like all the other Spider Men in the first movie, and then you realize that if you really think about it, I didn't think about it until later. That spider is not from that universe. That's why it's glitching. So he was never meant to be bit. And that's part of the whole movie too. Like every Spider-Man who becomes a Spider-Man is has to have this, this thing happen to them, this, this, uh, this terrible moment. And that's what makes them Spider-Man. It's called canon. Crazy, canon. right? A canon event. And Miles Morales decides like, no, there's like, I can't let... And they're, they're pretty much saying that his dad's going to end up dying for you to be Spider-Man. Your dad has to die. If not, it's going to cause a rip in the universe and it could destroy potential universes. So we just have to let him die. It's like, how are you going to? And he's like, I can't accept that. Like, like you guys didn't know that this is going to happen. Now you just expect me to let my, my father die. I was like, I can't let that happen. And so th that's what causes him to be against uh, Miguel Spider-Man and all this stuff. Right. <laughs> he ends up, going back to go to this machine to get sent back to his home so he could save his dad. But he uses his DNA from this radioactive spider that bit him from a different dimension. He gets sent to a different dimension where that spider bit him, not realizing, thinking that he's back home and he's not back home. Talks to his mother, getting ready to tell him that he's actually Spider-Man. And this whole time, oh, like, know. yeah, yeah. This whole time the mother's like, well, what'd you do to your hair? Is it a new hairstyle? I'm like, what? I was like thinking in my head, I was like, did his afro grow? Like, what's going on? What do you mean different hairstyle? And then all of a sudden, Uncle Aaron walks in. And then like, in that moment, I was like, he's in a different fucking universe, right? He's in a different universe. Color scheme. And Dude, yeah. The yeah, the color scheme too. Yeah, like the animation style. Like, I, I should have caught on it right away, but the animation style was way different from where it was from back home. And... Yeah, so it, it, I guess he goes into that world where there was no Spider-Man ever. So like that city is in in in, in, in rubbles. Is that a good word to say it? In turmoil. 
turmoil and tatters. It's 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 not good. And uh, Uncle Aaron takes him, so he, he hugs his his uncle and is like, "Oh my God, I miss you!" Like being very emotional. And Aaron's like, "All right, cool. Like, well, what's going on?" He takes him like, "Hey, you ready for this?" He's like, "Ready for what?" And you can tell that Uncle Aaron's like, "This is not him," you know, like something's up. And what happens? He gets knocked out somehow, right? They go up to the roof and they're talking about something, and then Fowler he gets knocked out. Comes and hits him in the back. Okay, cool. They get trapped. He oh he gets tied up, and Miles uh, is trying to talk to uh, Aaron and saying like, "Hey, um, I'm from a different universe. I need you to explain something to you." Like I was like, "I'm I'm Spider Man," or what is he saying? I can't even remember. He's just trying to talk to him and like trying to make some sense in him. It's like, it's like in my universe, you're dead and you're the prowler. And then Aaron's like, I'm not, I'm not the prowler in this universe. And then we, someone comes up behind miles, like our miles and the prowler comes up to him and he starts asking him, was like, so like, did you say in your world, your dad's alive? Cause it turns out that in that world, miles dad is already dead. And he's like, yeah, what's going on. And then, the Prowler pulls out his mask, and it turns out Miles Morales in that universe becomes a Prowler because of the loss of his father. So you think, like, you can already tell, like, you can already tell that background, like, he just went into a life of crime, started following Uncle Aaron, and becomes a Prowler and begins, you know, doing what he needs to do to survive, and and probably not the best way possible. The what? And Miles is the one souping up the suit because he has the intelligence to do it. Obviously, because Miles is smart, just like Peter Parker. Like, obviously, you know, your regular Spider-Man stuff. Instead of making web blasters and using his science for good, he's being the prowler. So I got, and a that's how we end. I got a theory. I mean, I feel like it's. <laughs> I feel like it's, gonna be, it's a pretty safe theory. So obviously, they're gonna fight it out. And our Miles, Spider-Man Miles, is going to whoop his ass, but not to the point where he kills him or anything. But he's going to pretty much find a way to help him become the hero that he was supposed to be, either by getting him to become Spider-Man as well, if O'Hara comes and he's like, hey, we can turn you into Spider-Man. We can fix everything. Or by like finding a way to, to get his dad's voice to fucking talk to this new version some way, somehow. Right. Or tell him something that his dad would have said and um, remind him of what, what his morals are supposed to be. Uh, yes. And uh, also I just want to give in the very next movie, I think what's going to happen. Cause you know, he's tied up to the punching bag with the chains and stuff, just like in the, just like in the very first movie where Miles Morales ties up Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And he's like, first rule kid, always watch the hands and like he gets free. Right. I think that's They're going to pay homage to the very first film. Like Miles Morales is going to get out. And he's like, always you know, watch the like hands. first rule. Yeah. Always watch the hands. Right. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Uh, I think it's going to go straight to that. And that's how he gets free. And they're going to fight. That's just my opinion. Um, obviously we, we need to, we need a shout out uh, uh, Peter Parker too. Uh, the, the one that uh, mentored Peter B. Uh, Parker. Yeah. Peter B. Parker uh, ends up having a kid, bro. A little, a little, uh, she was adorable, dude. I like the 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 knit that she did, you know. Oh, that <laughs> Man, was so he cool. was such a dad. This was such a father daughter movie. I was like, I'm so glad I watched this with my daughter. 
like this is a great watch this is a great watch man yeah speaking of that did she love it oh she loved it oh yeah got that love she loved the first one yeah i didn't have to i didn't have to try very hard to get her to watch this one (laughs) yeah no it was great it was great um you know, guys, I'll probably be trying to give my rating a higher rating because I'm biased. I'm going to leave it at a 9.3 for now. Uh, anything else you want to add, Jason, before we sign off? Uh, so far, I will say this. As of right now, the movies that I released this year, it's probably my favorite movie this year so far. Same. I'll say that. Yeah. It is. It's a fucking masterpiece. Hey, but hey, we're just barely starting with the summer movie. So, hey, who knows? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Who knows, who knows which movie is going to be coming up on its heels as well. Uh, but thanks again for watching, everyone. We appreciate you. Those of you who are listening, we appreciate you as well. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at revenge underscore of the pod. You see it in our little banner, those of you who are watching. Uh, at Twitter, at ROTP Boys. And on YouTube, at, at Revenge of the Pod, no spaces. Uh, we hope to give you guys more content like this. We truly appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed our first filmed episode. Uh, Love you. Appreciate you. And we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Revenge of the Pop. Peace out, guys.